This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Hey guys, we have another Clubhouse bonus episode for you, and this time I got to chat with Felix Kuntz, and we tried to keep this conversation about things that we haven't yet talked about in his other episode, and I just had a lot of fun with this. Felix is such a wealth of knowledge, and he shares a ton of useful info, and we got some really great questions from the audience this time about everything from replicating natural light with studio light to converting to black and white photos and to whether or not Felix is using new lighting techniques or sticking with what he learned a long time ago. So it was just a really fun chat, and I really enjoyed it. Okay, here is my Clubhouse talk with Felix Coons. So just for reference for people who might not know, Felix has, let's see, we did a full podcast episode here on the Portrait System. Okay, actually, we are going to be putting this on the the Portrait System podcast, so if I refer to it, that's that's what I'm talking about. But Felix has his own full episode. I interviewed him just about his whole photography career and his journey and you know how he, he got where to where he is today. He also has some tutorials on Subrice education and then Felix has the lighting series and you have a couple different courses on the yeah. portrait masters store, right? Which the, which ones do you have? The lighting and the location series.com and the lighting series is a lighting class for uh, anyone who has a studio space that they want to shoot in and the location series is for anyone who shoots outside of the studio so if you're going to a client's house or you're shooting outdoors and um yeah i mean like the lightingseries.com we don't have to do a big sale on it uh, like a big pitch on it now because i think most people know what it is but if you don't go to the lightingseries.com and just read the reviews and everything is there well and one of the reasons i wanted to bring it up is i want to try and ask you some new questions and just talk about some stuff that we haven't really talked about before or maybe that isn't necessarily in your course that people can always you know always have that content there already so that's why i brought that up is i want to you know try to talk about some different things and that if you want to know the basics about lighting or the basics about felix's story to hit up those those options or whatever and then also um those courses are on sale we're having a portrait master's store store-wide sale till the and 31st I, right yeah until march 31st and the code on that is spring forward so i just yeah. want to throw that out there for people who want more from you after this but so how does it work you have to at checkout you have to put in like spring forward all spring, one word right yeah spring forward okay. one word can i just um 
say hello to a couple people here. I've seen like so many familiar faces. Vincent, Aaron J. Young, um, Pratik, hello, Joshua. Uh, There's like so many people here that I know and recognize. Steven, Aaron, hello, everyone. Um, (laughs) Nice to see so many familiar faces. And I'm sure there's a lot of people here that I am missing out, but thanks all for tuning in. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and Ella and Nikki are here too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Celix, I want to know, if you have started doing anything new with lighting, like are you sticking with the same old reliable and the things that you know, you know, that you've always kind of done or have, you, I, have you mixed it up at all lately? So it's really funny because I was looking at this over during the pandemic and like looking through my old work. And I, I wonder if like Aaron Young or someone like that, who's really been experimenting a lot, feels the same way. In the first 10 years of my career, I experimented with light so much. I mean, that's how I ended up teaching it. Right. And then as I, worked so hard to like structure it what I do into the lighting series I find myself just relying on my own teaching rather than kind of like the 10 years beforehand if that makes sense and then I started like just going okay I guess I should just like I have a new assignment and I'm like I should just light this like the signature light like one of the setups from the lighting series instead of going back to how I used to do it which is much more experiment um so I had actually had an assignment like last month where I was on location for five days and we actually spent so much time in the studio just messing around with these strip lights, LED strip lights, Mm -hmm. and trying to make something work. And I felt like back in the day when I was just struggling with lighting again and trying to make it work and it wasn't working and we couldn't quite get light in the eyes and I wanted a hard but soft light. And so just trying to throw myself back into those situations where you're just not quite sure what's going on and you have to work through the process. Yeah, of yeah. figuring it out, making little changes. Now, because I was on site for five days, we were shooting other stuff and had like a little studio set up just on the side. There was no pressure, which is mm-hmm. the best environment mm-hmm. to learn in. Um, I think some people work really well, learn really well under pressure, and some people like I just wanted to make good work. So on the fifth day, I kind of did like a hard light portrait that I I really liked, and the client was very happy with. But it was that process, you know. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that it goes to show that I, wa- I want people to understand out there, you don't have to try to recreate the wheel and come up with like new techniques unless it is something that really interests you and you really want to, to go through that process that you just mentioned. Like me personally, I have zero desire to go through that process. Like I want someone to tell me this is the best way to do it and this is how you learn or, you know, and, and that to me works best. Right. A creative brain who really wants to go through it. But if you're like me and you don't want to have to figure out the process and feel the pressure, like, well, just like use and what that, works. <laughs> you, you're really touching upon the big challenge that I had and talked so much with Sue about when we made my first class, because how, like you're, what you're saying is, you know, Nikki, I know from your Genesis, you're shooting with a window and then, yeah, yeah the lighting, artificial lighting, just kind of opened up the same look, but at night, right? Right. Um, Or in a place that doesn't have good natural light. And that's what most photographers come at this from. But then I come from the other side where I started assisting like on high-end shoots in New York, London, um, where it was a completely different approach. Like you're not doing, um, you know, retail photography. Mm -hmm. And then, but I'd also done so much retail photography, like when I used to shoot, in my bedroom, you know, like so many people started just in any space that they had. Um, how do we marry the kind of ideas? So that was one of the big things I thought about 
in 2016, early 2017. And Sue and I kind of went at this for a long, long time. But what, how do we teach? So the lighting series kind of answers both because you can just adapt it to your own. It's not mm-hmm. lighting setups, you mm-hmm. know. I hate to bang on about it, but it's such a relevant thing that I've been thinking about of how do you help people learn lighting better. And I, I wanted to mention Aaron J. Young, for example. He's He came to my workshop in person, I think, twice. Uh, we've become friends. And um, he also has the lighting series and the location series, and he's watched them, and I know he implies them. But what I love seeing the most, and there's so many people in this chat that are in the same boat, is that he's taken it and done his own things to where I'm like looking at us behind the scenes now going like, oh my God, that's a really good idea. You know, like the way he's yeah, doing it. Yeah, that's or, awesome. Um, and that's, I want it to be the springboard, not the end of the destination. Ooh, I like that. I really yeah. like that a lot. That's a good teacher right there. Where even if someone's doing something that you haven't thought of or better, you're encouraging it and talking about it as opposed to trying to always be the expert. I really love that. Yeah, piece. yeah. And then, like, going back to, actually, because I just went to Cairo for this photo week, and, like, you're, I'm, I was talking to so many photojournalists and people working in the Middle East and across Asia and getting a really different view. And it was humbling because they were creating such fresh work. Like, what's coming out of like, Nigeria, um, Egypt, uh, even Iraq, Iran, like, at those places where... Uh, that you know, outside of Paris, London, and New York, and the U.S. and what we do, it's it's incredible, kind of the the democratization of photography that's mm-hmm. gone on, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. access to equipment around the world. It's opening up whole new areas, and I'm just like humbled, absolutely humbled by it. Ooh, I want to see some of that work. That sounds incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so when people are struggling, like you know how you said sometimes if you're the pressure's on and you can't get the light to work and you're just like, oh, like, what do I do next? If someone is really struggling in the moment, what is your kind of go-to? Like, like how- it never happens to me. I'm <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> like, but, okay. I'm like, I know you're Felix, but you know, like if people are really struggling to get it right and the pressure is on, what do, what do you recommend people do? So I used to do some IT support back in another life. And I learned, Like you would, I remember we were, I don't know if you know what Linux is, but it was like this operating system. Like, you know, it's just text basically. And so I remember we were trying to like make files move from one place to another based on the file name and the content. And it was like super confusing. And the reason it, and you would, it was so hard to do this because you have to think like a computer, but you have to make one change and try it. Mm. Not two, Mm -hmm. one change. So you make one adjustment you try it. Then you make the next adjustment. And it's really like this uh, analytical process. It really works also when you're doing lighting because you can try to like change everything all at the same time when you just have to do one thing, fix that, and then try it. And the great thing about what we can actually do that these days. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we can actually, like, in film, you'd have to go to the lab every time you try something. Yeah, yeah, um, totally. So if you have, what happens, let's break it down. What happens when the lighting's just not working, you have the client on set, you have the clothes, the makeup, everything. There's so many factors, and it gets confusing when there's too many factors that you can't control, right? Or that, like, you don't feel like you're in control of. So you just need to grab one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? I love and that's, that. Yeah. Well, that's if you try because 
The truth is, lots of factors need to be in, but you can only attack one at a time. So it's like this, you know it, Nikki, when you have a shoot and a lot is going on, you can't solve it all by just freaking out. You have to. <laughs> right. It's like oh, having right. four children that are all crying. Well, you need to solve them one at a time. Right. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And it's um, okay to take a break. I think sometimes people yeah. forget that it's okay to, like, I'll have my client just take a water break or, you know, check your phone or just, just something. Like, I just want to make sure I get this exactly right for you. That sort yeah. of things. Like, it's okay to let people know that you are working it out. I, I think mean, what you just said is so people. such a magic phrase, like saying with confidence, hey, I think I, we can do better at this. Like, I'm going to change the light because it's not you, it's the light. Give yeah. me five minutes. I'm going to change a couple of things around and you'll see, like, it's so good, you know? And um, it's a lot of managing people because I think people, when you say that, sometimes they put their own insecurity, like your subjects, it's an insecure experience being in a photo shoot. Mm-hmm. And oh, they yeah. put that on, you know? So you have to really manage that, like, conversation. But I think there's a lot of power in just being like, oh, I want to get the re- best light for you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. I also think there's a lot of power in in knowing what you're doing. <laughs> so, for example, making sure that when you go into the situation that you've got that light nailed. And that means a lot of practice. Now, granted, like you said, it, sometimes you want to experiment and do things. But if you're just starting out, make sure you've done a lot of practice. Like, yeah, I feel like, how do you how did you practice? Or I mean, did you just bring friends in the studio? Well, did you like how did you do that? Let's take it from the other side, right? And because I think there's a way of thinking about this that solves this dilemma a little bit more elegantly. Because if you guys know Lara Jade, I hope she doesn't mind me telling oh, yeah. the story. <laughs> she got hired by a camp- for a, camp- a fashion campaign in London. Um, and I happened to assist her on this like years ago, where it was a merry-go-round, uh, the carousel, right? And that was the whole campaign like shot in the studio with this, where they built this merry-go... Is that what it's called in, in American English? Merry yeah, around. the thing yeah. with the horses and it's Car- yeah. like a thing and it spins around. Yeah, What's yeah. that called? Carousel? Carousel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Carousel is a fancier word. Carousel. Yes, exactly. And she'd been hired to shoot this carousel campaign. And I was like, how did you get this job? And she had taken a friend of hers to Coney Island and done a little shoot down there on a carousel. And the client had seen that in her portfolio and was like, oh my God, she's the best Mary Go- uh, carousel photographer in the world, you know? <laughs> and hired her for it and my point is it's actually like if you've never shot it before what the client wants or what you want from that client just test it first right right and that I think is a better way than being like oh you need to be prepared for everything like when you set up a shoot there's these steps I take which is you prepare like the look you want you prepare the styling you prepare the hair uh, you prepare all the things that go into it, right? That's your job as a photographer. Right. It doesn't necessarily mean all of those decisions you make have to be right, because honestly, I never feel like they are. I just go with something, right? Sometimes you just go like, what should the hair be? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. But if someone suggests something, let's just go with that. Right, right. <laughs> you know, um, like the, take the pressure off yourself, but also preparation is everything. And the same is true for lighting. So if you have a specific lighting style in mind, I don't set myself up for failure by not testing it. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So, I, I mean, my success, so much of it is based on my confidence level. How confident do I feel that I know how to pose, how to light? I find I find I most kind of, what's the word? I guess freak out really isn't the word, but... So how do you build that confidence, Nikki? 
practice. I start, yeah. like you said, testing it out, practicing, and just repetition, repetition, repetition. That's the best way that I've always learned right. and doing it and just right. doing it and doing it over and over. And then it's like, oh, I have so much more success when I'm confident like that. Yeah. And that's what I find so hard because I haven't like been doing as much shooting in pandemic, obviously, because mm-hmm. I hustled for 12 solid years and I just really wanted to just get some sleep. Yeah. And was <laughs> like, um, you know, and I don't know everyone is in that situation where they can do that. Um, but like I went back on a job last month and it felt super rusty. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, oh my God, if I'm not in this all the time, then yeah. And I think a lot of people are going through that and it's totally okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so now any shoot, I mean, I've always done it. Every shoot I go into, I do a light test first. And that's yeah. one of the things like in New York, I spent a lot of time finding perfect space. I have a, like a live-in studio. Um, and I like the great thing about it is before a shoot, I can set it up and test things out. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would never, ever not do that unless right. you have it super dialed in, you know? Yeah. I recently had this big gig that I got to do headshots for team leaders. It's a big tech company for 12 different team leaders throughout the, com- mm-hmm. the company. And they live all over the country. And one of the, the, the deal was they would fly me wherever I had to find the studio and the hair and makeup artist. And, and it, was, it was a little bit challenging because I, you know how I, I do, I use window light. And so I had to find studios that were conducive to what I do, as opposed wow. to me just bringing my lights and knowing I can make it work anywhere. So a little bit more challenging and it was a little bit more stressful when I did get there. So like I would have, you know, I just had my makeup artist jump in to do the, the light test or whatever, but it had yeah, me on my that, toes a little bit. I didn't you like You have it. that sinking <laughs> feeling when you turn up and you're like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was from the pictures. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh shit, this place is empty and there was supposed to be furniture in it or, you mm, know, like, mm. But you know what? You make it work. And that's that's what it comes down to. And because I've got that sort of, I get it just, again, it goes back to just experience. I was yeah. able to get through it and I did great photos for the clients and it worked out, but it was more So stressful. what do you do when you like have these different scenarios and it's just not working? And how do you deal with the fact that if you don't get it, then you can't, it's not a cohesive you know, body of work? How like, what's your process for that, Nikki? Yeah, I'm trying to think. So in this particular situation, it was a studio that I rented and it was quite expensive. And there were supposed to have been a black and white B-flat in there, plus some furniture. And I walked up and it was empty. I was able to get a black backdrop up there because there was a working studio downstairs. And mm-hmm. I also ended up taking the client outside because I... And, and she was totally okay with that. So that kind of gave me some more you know, versatility with what I was shooting. Cause I like to give my clients multiple options and different, cause it mm. helps me sell more photos because if they, if they love themselves right. in every different scenario that I've shot, if they're going to choose one or two from each one, I can sell more photos. So I ended up taking her outside and that helped. So it, I mean, it it's just, you have to try things, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But and moving I think, forward, I'll make sure that things are what they are supposed to be. <laughs> well, I wonder if, we're, because we're talking about that psychology of like um, trying different things, right? And if you think about creativity, that's all it is, right? Problem solving. Mm-hmm. And actually, I'm just thinking about this now, that phrase like, hey, let me try a different light or let me set the light up differently or let's try going outside all of those things actually bring the client on board into a creative space rather than just a being like, to me, I'm always like, if you have someone coming in for a photo, 
I try to make them aware that this is a collaborative process between me and them. Mm-hmm. Like I can't do it without their participation. Right, right. And sometimes you have to use tricks to get the person there. And yeah. I think just thinking out loud, that whole idea of I'm going to try this other thing probably brings them on board into that creative space more than you think. And that's probably why it's also powerful. Right. And if you show excitement around it, like I was like, man, the sun is so beautiful right now. The light outside is so perfect. Would you want to go outside? So then have you ever had anyone say you can't bullshit a bullshit? (laughs) (laughs) It was true, though. It was true. The light was really beautiful outside and there are these white walls. And but okay, actually, no, speaking of outside, I know you have the, the location series where you talk about, you know, going outside. But do you have certain tricks? And again, I I don't use strobes outside. I only use reflector outside and I Mm -hmm. love full sun I have no problem shooting in full sun but for people who that's a little bit scary or whatever what do you do outside for when you you know strobes and that sort of thing to make it work in hard sun struggle um (laughs) (laughs) honestly I've gone to extreme lengths to now I'll put a caveat at the beginning of this I like soft light Mm -hmm. right I think Mm -hmm. anyone who loves hard light and can make it work like great the sun is for you I'm gonna say right now that's not the style I want to shoot Right. Like, it's just not what makes my heart sing. And so it's not like this is gospel. This is just you have to go with your style and what you like, you know. Um, I've done extreme, gone to extreme lengths like, to have the client schedule for – I've had it where we did a morning shoot at sunrise and then took the afternoon off and then came back and shot in the evening light. Yeah. Um, yeah. Things like that. But I mean, in the lighting, in the location lighting series, we did a whole segment on hard sun and I do have ways of dealing with that, but it's always very laborious. Um, but we we rented actually this location, which is like this canyon by the Hollywood sign, and photographed this beautiful like. It was actually ended up really being nice because the styling and the hair and the model was great, and like the team was amazing. I was really surprised, but obviously reality sometimes hits. Right, you have someone only available in the middle of the afternoon, and then you have to shoot in that hard light. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I'm always trying to make it look like it's natural. And one of the ways you do that is to think of lighting as layers. Like, if you don't want the hard sun on your subject, you could usually find a way to block it off. And then you can add your own light back in. Right, right. It's just like like such a, I call it cut and cover. Um, It's such a simple concept that once you see it in the video, you kind of go, oh, well, that's actually much more simple than I ever thought. And that's how everyone does it. Like you just control that environment, you know? Right, right. When I first started, I did a lot of weddings and I was forced with, to deal with. Yeah, weddings is a good example. Yeah. Yeah. And the first time I ever, I mean, basically what I do is put their back to the sun and wherever the shadow is pointing, I stand there. And the first time I ever heard that was from Roberto Valenzuela way, way back. I think I heard him at like WPPI or something. And, yeah. and that's kind of the technique I've stuck, stuck with and in, in using a reflector. And like you said, it and the sun is directly behind them always, right? If you do that. Pretty much. Yeah. So the sun is yeah. behind them. So you're, you, I mean, it's basically backlighting. It's, it's harder with people who are blonde and have like blonde curly hair because it can be. Yeah. They just, look like they don't have any hair. Yeah, it, totally. So, but, <laughs> yeah. but when they have darker hair, oh, it can be so beautiful, but yeah. So that's kind of the way I've always just solve that problem but it would really be nice to just if i had my own lights i wouldn't have to stress i could just do you know add the lights like you said so maybe one day i'll experiment we'll see (laughs) 
just skip it. It's so hard. <laughs> it's so much work. I always yeah, say like lighting true. is simple. I don't like a lot of work. I, I, I always say that. like lighting is simple. You know, the difference between simple and easy. Like it can be not easy, but it's always simple. Right, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. but easy is another word. Like, and I always used to be a rag on people who were like, ah, but you always shoot with an assistant and I don't have an assistant. And I'm like, well, the only thing that's standing between you and having someone to help hold your light is you. Right. Um, right. And I always was like, you, I, when I started out, I made some friends who were interested in photography and we trade assisting time. Mm-hmm. Um, always a way. Yep. Yeah. And or find some like people who are interested. There's always people who are interested in photography. And um, that helps. And I always love having someone else on set just because it kind of, you can use that to kind of take some of, if it's just you and the client, it's like, it can be so like, you have to keep them entertained the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, it's like, um, if you're shooting outside, I think one of the things that what we teach in the class and also what I try to do is the difference between a natural light photographer's portfolio and then when they try to do artificial light outside, it's like so stark. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can have like a perfect, beautiful natural light photographer, like Sue was, you know, for 27 years. And then she goes in the studio and she's like, this looks nothing like my normal work. And now that she's had a bit of experience and, you know, we dragged her kicking and screaming. I'm sure she'd say the same. <laughs> it looks um, like her. Yep. It looks it like mm-hmm. her work. Like the two are perfectly married with each other. And that's kind of what I'd wanted to achieve with my classes and judging by the students, that's what we are achieving. Yeah, Absolutely. Very cool. Well, I I think, Ella, do we have people who have questions? I want to make sure that we have time um, for questions because I could ask, I mean, I could chat with Felix all day. So if there are questions, let's let's get them going. Um, If not, we can just keep chatting. I see at least one hand raised, so we'll go ahead and, and invite them up. Okay, so we'll, we'll have Mundir. I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. Uh, yes, it's Mundir. Yes. Mundir, excellent. You're, go ahead. Hey, um, I'm a student of Felix. Um, first of all, I want to say, um, you know, I'm so grateful for the course. It's, uh, it taught me a lot, and I'm quite uh, happy with uh, uh, where I am now with my uh, photography knowledge and... Uh, and all of the things that I, I learned in the course. So thank you, Felix. So my question is, um, I'm struggling with pricing my work. I know that I have the knowledge and I have the, you know, I come, by the way, I come from design background. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, des- a design art director, but I wanted to do photography mm-hmm. full time. Um, so I'm struggling with, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure um, many people might be, um, um, it may be relating to this as well. Uh, it's, it's quite difficult to tell a client how much uh, a portrait would cost. Um, right. So uh, if so uh, the, maybe we can demystify that, and, you know, like what would be the where, first step to take to uh, to maybe... Where are you based? Get, uh, I'm based in Dubai at the moment. Okay. I'm just... Uh, I, I know your work. I, I've seen it in the group, etc. Um, one of the things that I had... That was great advice from a photographer called Thorsten Overgaard back in the day. He said, figure out what you want your lifestyle to be. So how much do you need to make in a year? Figure out how many days you want to work and then break it down. Like, so you have your weekends or whatever, your time off with your family, whatever you, you, you want. And then work it backward from that. Mm-hmm. Right? So, of course, you could be like, I want to make $10 million a year. Great. <laughs> 
that can be your goal. And then your big struggle is like going from where you are to where you need to be. Yeah. Right. And then so Sue, like I find that the the portrait masters and the Subrice education platform like help people a lot with that self value thing. But I think again, like attacking it from the goal rather than from where you're at right now is like a good way of thinking about it. So you just have to determine your lifestyle, how much money you need to survive and support yourself and work it back from that. And that's, that's when you arrive at a price. So let's say you get to, I don't know, you want to make a certain amount and then you break it down and you're like, okay, good. This is what I need to be at to make one day of work worthwhile and be able to live the way I want. Mm -hmm. Right. Then you might find your local market doesn't necessarily support that so that's when you have to get inventive with your marketing and like setting yourself apart that that calculation by the way is how i got into taking lighting seriously because i defined for myself this is how much i want to make in a year i broke it down by how many days i wanted to work and then i realized like i can't charge that because everyone else is charging less than me than that so I just looked at every other photographer in my area and thought, well, these people are all not surviving. It's a race to the bottom. So if you have a situation where you're racing to the bottom, you can't compete with everyone racing to the bottom because you're just joining them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're in the downward tra- trajectory. So you have so to make yourself stand out, which is how I got into lighting. And, you know, we've had like, I think we have 14, like a bunch of people who've done the, the classes. And that's still a tiny, tiny sliver of the photography market. So not everyone's doing the lighting series either. So if you get, and I think your lighting is very good, and I see you also doing some product shots and stuff. I think that's yeah. the way to think about it. And as as abstract as it sounds, like doing that calculation and valuing your time at the the value that it is so you can survive is putting the cart before the horse, but it's also where it needs to be. Like your mindset has to go in the right place. And that's where I would take it from. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with Felix so much. If, if you don't mind, I just want to say, Mandir, I don't know if you are part of Subrice Education, but if you want to get deeper into exactly what Felix just said with like mindset and industry standards and just, you know, kind of like the step-by-step sort of system of how to set up your pricing and selling and all of that, I don't know where you're at with your business or if you've ever sold anything successfully before, but I, I can't recommend enough Subrice education for, for pricing and that sort of thing. So yeah, just wanted to throw that in there. If you want to dive deeper into some of this and mindset, yeah. like yeah, and so important. I wonder Definitely. if I could give another example. Mandia, what were you going to, what were you going to say? Oh yeah. So, sorry. I was just going to say, I'm, I'm a freelance designer. So I found it really easy to, to price myself as a designer, but when it comes to photography, I don't know, maybe, I'm not confident enough that I can start charging for my photography. Do you think that, I think you also have to behave as if you didn't have another source of income. Yeah. Ooh, I right? love that. So, Definitely. And th- that's a hard one to do. I got forced into it by the last crisis. Uh, and if I was going to say like, imagine as a photographer, you're branding, you should be the Apple, not the Samsung, right? So Apple can make phones and charge way more for them that pretty much do the same thing, but everyone wants them, Yeah. right? So everyone else, Huawei, Samsung, whatever, all these guys, I don't even know the market well enough to say all the brands are all pricing phones for the market. And then there's this one guy, which is Apple, pricing phones way higher and everyone's still buying them, but they get a lower percentage of sales, but they make more profit per, per phone, right? Mm-hmm. 
that's what you want to be in in your local photography industry. And that's all yeah. about branding, marketing, positioning, and those things follow your own mindset and approach. And judging by your profile picture, you've got a pretty cool branding thing in your designer. So, and that takes time also, but <laughs> agree. Yeah. And like, yeah, Nikki said, it's super education stuff has an incredible, like that's, that's where I send people for pricing. Yeah. Great. I'll, uh, I'll uh, go on, uh, on Sue and, uh, find out. It's funny, my dear, because we have a lot of graphic designers who have said exactly what you said in, in the, in SBE, who are like, I can price myself all day long for graphic design, but they freak out when it comes to pricing for photography when really it's the same thing. It truly is. I mean, obviously the service is different, but it's the same mindset. You know, you're good at it. You know, you deserve to make a great living at it. So it's just, it's just making that, that transition from one service to another. Yeah, I think maybe it's, it's conf- confidence, maybe, because I'm, I'm quite confident as a designer, but not as a photographer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe I need to boost my confidence. It goes slightly. hand in hand, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get more Absolutely. confidence, the more people are willing to hand you money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that helps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that really helps, yeah. Great. Well, thank you, thank, my dear. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. All right, Dennis. Dennis, what's your question? Hi, guys. This is Dennis from Fair Oaks in Northern California. Um, before the question, I want to send out some thank you to Ella, the photo Yoda, for keeping SBE going so smoothly. Uh, Nikki, I'm about to launch uh, an expanded studio and new website on Monday. And Sweet. if you get a chance to get there, um, just send me a bill because I completely lifted the style of your website because I am design challenged to the max. <laughs> um, I love your website. It's clean. It's crisp. It's easy to follow. And it's exactly what I was looking for. I just need to figure out how to do it. But Felix, I want to thank you for a couple of things. First of all, for sending your pictures from Cairo. Um, it sent me back to a trip that I took there with the Grateful Dead in 1978. It was my high school graduation trip. Cool. It was, it was, yeah, it was before I got into photography, though, and I was amazed at how little anything has changed. <laughs> I mean, everything yeah. exactly as I remembered it. More importantly, I want to thank you for your lighting series. They have taken me from fifth grade beginning algebra to advanced trig, and it was much, or I should say less, harder than I thought it was going to be, and I will forever be grateful to you for that. Which leads me to the question. In the last six weeks, I have fallen in love with black and white. I mean, I can't get enough okay. of it. It's like a really good food that I just want more of. Um, do you make any automatic changes? Are there different lighting setups or is there just a, a, a go-to thing that you do or you do not do when you know you're going to be shooting black and white? As a commercial reality, I find very few required. Um, I think that's usually reserved for when I'm shooting something editorial what's supposed to have feeling. And honestly, um, I know the love story that you're talking about, but because I've been so commercially minded, like how do we make this into a really rip-roaring uh, abundance of uh, living well, I... It's just that the commercial reality has been against black and white. When I do use it, it's because I can't get the color right in something. <laughs> um, or we have a story that kind of like feels um, 
like that's very editorial, so it's very much about storytelling. We have a lot of images, and then one or two you can make in black and white. Um, I think if you go through my timeline on Instagram, there's not really very much black and white. Now, Pratik will laugh at this, but we actually do, in retouching, we'll like check the luminosity of things in black and white because it's kind of a clearer seeing how bright and dark certain things right. feel. Um, but that is about it. I mean... Well, that's, I went where, to I stumbled at, the, that's where I'd stumbled across ahead. it. Um, several years ago, I had taken, and over the course of several years, I had taken some photographs of the local baseball team here at San Francisco Giants. And I wanted to make those available as prints on my expanded website. But I hmm. thought, just so much color, it looked so busy. And I thought, well, you know, Interesting. maybe I'll try doing so, these in, just in black and white and just tried to convert them in post. And I just, it was wonderful, but it was such a, I don't know, a, a revelation that I started doing some, some testing stuff out in my garage studio with the kids as far as lighting and stuff and, and what kind mm. of changes. And since I knew you were going to be here, I just thought I would ask if there was anything that you might recommend to do differently you, for lighting. Yeah, this, if you think about the layered lighting setup in the lighting mm-hmm. series, that works really well in black and white, like really okay. well. Okay. So what I do is, if you if I'm in Capture One, I'll put I'll put on the black and white filter, and instead of messing around with the sliders in the black and white, you know, you can change the white all the colors in the right. black and white adjustments, changing them in the color balance wheel instead, and seeing oh. where that goes because that's how you ch- yeah like if for anyone who's like new to this, if you convert into black and white. If you then change the underlying colors of the image that were then converted into black and white, you can change the luminosity of those colors. And the, for those who don't know, in the lighting series, we have a segment called layered lighting, which kind of brings a lot of concepts together at the very end of the class. And it creates this kind of color monochrome. Uh, like, so you have a, an image where most of the image is kind of orange, but you have different tones of orange. So if you take that into black and white, it looks really beautiful. Um, and then... I read a book about the Magnum Photo Agency and it talked about Henry Cartier-Bresson. He said, even if you're shooting in color, try to get your contact sheet in black and white. And it is the way to find the best composition in your, con- in your images. If you're doing an edit of your images, make them all black and white. And that will show you most clearly which image has good composition. Oh, that's interesting. All right. Yeah, that's, like a, that's a really great... I think shooting in black and white probably hones that compositional skill for people and it's not a bad exercise um i think a lot of photo photographers go into shooting at narrow depth of field instead and because they want the background to be blown out or have bokeh in the background right and there was a time when before like there was this high speed sync where you could shoot at fast shutter speeds on location with lighting i had to start shooting everything at like f8 so i didn't have that option and um I started like shooting for composition instead of shooting for low depth of field, if that makes sense. So relying on composition and like interest in the frame rather than on shallow depth of field. And that's, I think all of that kind of works really well into the black and white conversation. Okay. Thank you, know? you so much. That really does. Yeah. That gives me a couple of, of paths that I can look at and, and makes it even more exciting. And, and that's no, I'm, I'm really the last three or four days. I've really been struggling with not making 
my portrait business black and white only. And I know that that's, that, that's a cliff I don't think I'm going <laughs> to jump off well, of. Well, the nice but, thing is you can shoot everything in color and then just do those edits for yourself, right, in black exactly, and white. Exactly, exactly. And then maybe I can... Nothing stops you from having a client that wants color images and then just making some black and whites as a bonus. Or, or yeah, or at the reveal, throwing a half a dozen or a dozen black and whites in there just to say, oh, I did these and I thought you might like them and kind of wean people into black and white. Um, yeah, so, I, so I'm wondering what Nikki says about this. Like, do you ever do black and white images for your clients in a reveal? I do. I always pick three or four to convert into black and white. And I have my own black and white pre- Lightroom preset that I just love. I have a, a couple different uh-huh. ones that I've created that I love so much. And I know... When I'm going through my photos that I've called, I know instantly which ones I'm going to put in black and white. And my biggest package comes with the color version and black and white versions of the 20 of the photos that they choose. So I kind of drop those three or four black and whites in there because if they're like, oh, I just can't decide. And then it's a sales technique for me as well to say, hey, you know, if you get the biggest package, you get all of these in black and white and color. So and and often Mm. one of, yeah, and sometimes I I use it based on either the lighting or the expression or the pose, like some of my more serious, you know, expressions I like to put in black and white. Um, It's just a feeling I get. I don't really know how else to explain it. Like, I just know it's going to be a good black and white one when I, when I'm calling through. Yeah. And I feel like people, is that preset that you're talking about? Is that one that you have available for purchase? It is. Yeah. It's on my website. Yeah. Is it? Is it? What's well, the website, Nikki? Uh, NikkiCosser.com slash store. Okay. Is nice. it? Is that made? Because uh, no, I know that you had one, but I didn't notice that it was named black and white. Is it the same one, or do you have have the two? You have one for color, because I know yep. you have one that you you have you said on your website that this preset goes on every every picture single I photo. Yep, that's my. Is color that one. the one? Mm-mm. That's my color one, and then I have separate. I have eight black and white ones that come all okay. in one little bundle. Sweet. Yeah, but yeah, um, it, it's like a feeling or something. What were you gonna yeah. say, Felix? Did you always have that feeling? Like I, I would definitely be the kind of photographer that would have to just look at everything in black and white and then kind of feel it out. But I guess different strokes Mm-mm. for different people, right? Yeah, yeah. And, I don't, and part of it, too, is, like, I love back, like, some backlit photos turn out really, really well in black and white. Yes. Like high contrasty sort of black and white. So The it backlight, just yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and even when I did weddings, I could always, like, if there was a moment that I captured between, like, when the, the father of the bride and the bride were dancing and they were just, like, looking at each other with a tear coming down, I'm like, if that's a good black and white. For some reason, it's just, <laughs> you know, like... Classic, and it makes yeah. it, it has a classic vibe. Yeah, yeah. Not that I do weddings anymore, but guys, thank you very much. I've got a consultation in fourteen minutes. I have to run. Well, good thank luck, you Dennis. So, so much, Dennis. Great question. Thank you. Yeah. Have a great day. Take care. <laughs> you, too. you too. Hey, Mandy, you're next. So, what is your question for Felix? Hi, Nikki. Hey, Mandy. How is. are you? Hello, hello. Um, I'm good, I'm good. I'm um, Mandy, I'm from the UK, um, down in the little islands on the Isle of Wight, down at the bottom. Oh, nice. Of the UK, yeah, it's cool. cool. Um, My question is, um, (laughs) my question is, um, I want to shoot mainly um, continuous light, natural light. My studio has all the windows are all kind of at four foot 
upwards, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted a wall of of natural light. Um, a bit like, you know, Nikki, in your studio in the garage, you had that, um, the floor to ceiling light. And then you, that yeah. Dan put like a PVC, um, yeah. So I wanted yeah. something like that. And I wondered if you guys had any ideas how I could create the floor to ceiling um, natural light when I haven't got that as part of my studio and I can't knock a wall down. So what do you think? Ooh, I feel like Felix would probably, I mean, other than knocking a yeah, wall f- down, I don't even know how. <laughs> I know? always, in my studio, I'd, I have this on my list of things, like to install a bunch of LED panels in the ceiling yeah. to see if I could make it feel like a soft skylight. Yeah. And like I've tried it out before and it works. It's just I haven't done it. Um, so you're yeah. saying your, your window started four foot up. What if you just put a strip of lights yeah. LED panels below it. Well, that's what I thought. I mean, I've got... Yeah, that seems to... I think if you're a natural light photographer, right? Yeah. Which I assume you are, then... So what we had... The reason that... The way we ended up doing the lighting series, me and Sue, is originally in 2013, she'd gone like, okay, I just want you to recreate these window lights so I can do them at night. Right? So what we were doing then is like setting up giant soft light like you would you'd have the wall of light yeah and then you could put a v-flat to block some of it and shape it the way that sue teaches in her natural light classes and if i had to recreate it and you're you're in the british isles so you have overcast days all the time yeah um so you could probably just put some led lights change the color temperature depending on what the light is outside and synthesize that that wall of light, I think it could be really beautiful. Yeah. You know, when in the lighting series, when you had the big scrim on the, um, behind the camera yeah, and yeah. then you were like, so how did you, would, how did you create that? And would that work the same? So yeah, that would work the same because if you, um, I don't know if you have the location series, we kind of show like how we mix the natural light and the artificial light together in the same kind of yeah. idea. And Mm -hmm. and I don't know if you've watched, have you ever watched the bonus video where I teach a bunch of people like the setups in the studio, like Brenda Bazan and Angie Lewis and Aaron Young and those guys? Say that again? No. Say Um, that, I'm sorry, I haven't, no, no. Yeah, yeah. In in there, I show a simplified setup Uh of that, of the signature light, like how instead of using the scrim, using a wall instead to bounce that base yeah. light so if you have the lighting series watch that and i think that'll open up your question like it'll yeah. make you go oh, okay this is how i can do it yeah because i mean i've got a strobe and i've got a really um not very good um continuous light with a massive sort of 86 inch uh plm um right and that's probably umbrella. not strong enough right no, and it just it just kind of gives a really hot light in the middle, and nothing, you know, is there's no kind of feathering to it, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know, what I mean, mean, Mandy, short of buying a bunch of LED panels, I guess, which is a quite an investment. Yeah, yeah. You're really butting yeah. into the reason why strobes exist in the first place, because yeah, yeah, yeah. they make a strong light, but very briefly. That's the trade-off, right? Continuous light, you don't get that yeah. strong light, but you get it continuously. So, uh-huh. yeah, I, I think. Yeah, watch that video, the, the bonus video. I think I'm teaching Brenda. Okay. Well, it's like okay. 10 minutes. 
and that I think will open yeah. it up for you. Is that on the lighting series or the outdoor? Yeah, the, the lighting series. Lighting. Yeah, it is in the light yeah. series. Okay, cool. Yeah, the lighting series. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Mandy. Perfect. Good luck. Awesome. Thanks, Mandy. Thank you very much. Okay, so next we have D'Artagnan. Felix, I don't know if you know D'Artagnan, but he is one of my favorite photographers. Okay. He, I yeah, recognize I his picture because I, I recognize so many of the faces and names from the group, yeah, from my yeah. Facebook group, um, which is Lighting with Felix Kunz. Yeah. But all right, D'Artagnan. Hey, hey guys, what's your you? question? Uh, so I think Mandy touched on what I wanted to ask and feel like I do have the lighting series and I guess I probably just need to go back and watch it again. But, um, most of my work is based on natural light and I have these like really nice industrial windows in my studio. Um, yeah, I see that. But sometimes I I just find Instagram. Okay. Sometimes, um, I mean, I want to shoot at night and try to get that same look. Uh, and Mm -hmm. my question was, uh, do I need a large modifier, like a seven-foot umbrella, or how how can I mimic that look? To make that hard light? Mm, you need... Yeah, yeah. Well, not, the, not, the, not so yeah. much the hard light. Not so much the hard light, but uh, just the, the soft light, that soft, natural window light that comes in. Uh, well, hard I light. see on your Instagram, like, that on your portrait. Uh-huh. There's, like, some days where it's soft and some days where it's hard light. And I imagine there's the sun sometimes and sometimes cloudy, right? Exactly. So that hard light comes in around maybe 2 o'clock, you know, in the daytime. Uh, but when okay. it's soft, those are uh, morning shots, mostly. Uh, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. You're in Mississippi. I am. So you're trying to recreate that soft light. Correct. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, it's the it's really the kick-ass one light mm-hmm. segment from the lighting series that's going to uh-huh. show you that, as well as, okay. like, if for those who haven't watched the classes, we we kind of did a trick on you, because while each setup is like a lighting setup, each one shows a principle mm-hmm. that leads to the next piece, right? Uh, so there's it. a segment called wall poses, and it's like, why are you doing a segment on wall poses? Well, uh-huh. I'm sneaking in a way to mimic a window light. That makes sense. Right. And see, I kind of jump yeah. around the series when I watch. I don't watch it in order. I kind of... Yeah. You know, so, okay. That makes sense. Okay, so I'm looking at an Instagram picture here. Mm-hmm. Um, how much space do you have between the window <clears throat> and the other side? Uh, tons. Uh, so that window... Uh, I mean, there's a lot of space. You know, basically, it's, right. a, the room, it's a giant box. So there's a lot of space. Yeah, you'd probably have to move everything over to the right a little bit because your mm-hmm. window's on the left. In fact, a bare head, if you have enough space, can do the mm-hmm. same by just bouncing into the, the wall. So the wall. video <laughs> I would refer you to, yeah, or like put a V-flat where the window is. The uh-huh. video I'd refer you to is the Kick-Ass One Light and then the, like watch the bonus video also from the Signature Light okay. segment and the bonus video. Okay. But yeah, pretty mm-hmm. simple. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Felix. Thanks, man. Cheers. Thanks, D'Artagnan. Okay, next we have Patches. Did I say that right? Patches? You can call me Patches, but my real name is Pachia. Pachias. Oh, like wow. That. That's beautiful. Pachias. I'd rather say it how your name is supposed to be said. <laughs> Pachias. Okay. Well, welcome. Well, hi. Thank you. Um, I'm based in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, so right now we're still in between, I guess, winter and spring. Right in between. Um, but my question is, how do you manage your time and workflow after a photo shoot? Or what major changes did you add to your workflow when you first compared to when you first started to right now? 
So I I think pandemic was this really interesting time because like I just got to in- inbox zero, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm like working on photo shoots that I shot in 2016 that I never got around to before. Mm-hmm. And I've been for 10 years trying to solve what you're saying. Like I do a shoot. I don't give myself enough time afterwards to mm-hmm. properly do the post-production on it. And then I go into the next shoot and then I'm like up all night doing the previous one mm-hmm. and then not being like, that's been my last 10 years. And okay. <laughs> I'm realizing as I'm just utterly disorganized, you know, and okay. <laughs> like getting to inbox zero, like, Oh my God, my, my email doesn't take more than five minutes. Amazing, you know, um, every day. Um, <laughs> like I am being going to be totally honest with you. I'm for the first time now getting to the point where I feel like, oh my God, I've almost got everything that I've shot done. Wow. And I almost don't know what that's going to be like at the other end. Where I'm like, <laughs> oh like, my God, I can do a shoot. What do I do with myself? <laughs> and only concentrate on that shoot. Mm-hmm. And if I have a day afterwards, I can just post, do the post-production on that shoot and then actually get it out instead of people... You know, for personal jobs where no one pays me anything, I just do yes. them for fun. People mm-hmm. have to wait five years for those images. Like, <laughs> that's not good for me. That's not good for them. That's not yeah. good for anyone. <laughs> Why did I even bother shooting it? <laughs> and so I think I personally, like, have just been overwhelmed with all the stuff that is undone. And I'm getting ahead of it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think discipline, like, it used to be so hard for me to sit immediately after a shoot with all the emotion and all the things that went wrong and all the things that went right. And yes. the, the, like you get tired and you sit sitting with all of that right on top of you and then immediately look through the images. If you can, mm-hmm. if you can make time between when you shoot it and when you edit it, you should. Okay. Because you need to detach the emotion of what happened during the shoot. Um, at least that's what, what it, it feels like for me. Mm-hmm. So that your edit is, is objective, not subjective. Okay. So you know, I, those, I have yeah. such a different experience with it all because you I know, knew it. I knew yeah. that as I was saying it, I was like, I'm sure Nikki's like really good at this. Well, yes. okay. I am not an organized person, never have been, never expect myself to ever be. Mm. However, I've I like if I were to teach someone my systems, this is what has prevented me from hiring someone to help me, is I don't even know how to explain to someone how to do all of the things that I need them to to do because I'm just everything I do is just so backwards and unorganized however I know in my head if I tell my clients we will do your photo viewing within 14 days I've got 14 days and I know I need to give my retoucher seven days so I've got to get these photos uploaded put my you know my edits on them Mm -hmm. as far as color correction and exposure and all of that you know get my photos over to my retoucher and all of that within, you know, three days, let's say of doing the shoot is kind of what I, what I shoot for. So I upload right into Lightroom. I organize all of my photos via Lightroom. And then I use Photoshop for any sort of like skin retouching or, you know, background fixing, that sort of thing. A lot of stuff that I I do as far as file organization is Mm -hmm. in Lightroom. So I upload to Lightroom, I call through, I star them for one one star if those are the ones I'm going to send to my retoucher and that I'm likely going to show to my clients. And then from there, I, you know, export them, get them over to my retoucher and I don't think about them until, you know, 5 to 7 days until I get them back from my retoucher. Then I okay. open them up again, I do any additional retouching that I need to mm-hmm. just to make sure it's exactly how I want it. 
I create okay. a slideshow. I export them, you know, export them, create a slideshow, and then I have them in a in a specific folder on Lightroom for that client's catalog. And then because okay. I always do my my photo reveals or photo viewings online via Zoom, and I sh- you know we go through them together live. So that's okay. really my process. And then from there, okay. they choose their photos, and I collect payment and I send them over. And, okay. and really, that's kind of been my workflow. It's very mundane. It's very like sometimes I dread it because it's just like, uh, so discipline, Nikki. It's like, bleh. but I know that I've got 14 days. Okay, <laughs> and that helps me. So I don't know if that helps. You know, answer yeah. the question. But and I, yeah, I, it really does. <laughs> and I also would say that like the difference in how I do it and how Nikki does it probably points to kind of what we shoot. I think Nikki shoots much more often than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably like the symptom of that. Like I couldn't shoot that often if I use my current workflow because right. I just never get anything done. Yeah. But what with so my personal to Nikki on stuff though, Felix, like <laughs> I did a, a photo shoot yeah. in the snow on our frozen lake that I live on and I only edited mm-hmm. a couple of them for, cause I wanted to enter two of them into awards and I wanted to give her a couple, the rest of them I have not touched. It has been months and okay. it's so annoying because the personal stuff, exactly what you said, Felix, is I don't give myself the time to really spend on them, to enjoy them. And just so, so the, the reason I'm able to do it quickly with the pressure on is because I'm getting paid and that's my client work. But if I'm doing something personal, I mean, yeah. I go exactly your process, Felix. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when I get paid, I, I edit on the plane on the way back from the shoot, you know, that's. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any did that answer your question or do you have any yeah. question nope I think that's it that was my my what I'm stumbling on right now which is my workflow which is really bad so yeah the questions the answers really helped me thank you awesome and if you do have any questions that come thank up you. feel free to post in the Facebook group too I'm happy okay. to yeah cool yep. thank yeah. you yeah. alright looks like we have one more question we're out of our, our time so I think we can take one more question from Priya and then we'll wrap up Hi, Nikki. Hi. Thanks for having me. Hi. Hi, Felix. Hello. Hi, Priya. Um, I have your lighting series, and thank you so much. I think I brought it, mm-hmm. bought it during Thanksgiving, and I bought my okay. lights then, too. So if you check my okay. Insta, that's how much, how far I've come, you know, with your lighting series. So, okay. Um, I, Which but one I is have, your Insta? My Insta is Studio 3S Portraits. I think it's in my Studio, say it again? Studio. Studio. Dot, dot three s dot portraits it's in my clubhouse profile uh three s portraits oh i don't even know how to use ah there we go okay oh wow oh bronze congrats thank you yeah that's great okay yeah it was so much fun learning but i do have a i have a lighting question for nikki though (laughs) I have this studio lighting, you know, a little bit. I can wrap my head around it now. But um, I love your natural light portraits, Nikki. So how do you get the, you know, especially like I saw, I think the second or third picture in your profile with the light fall off with the window behind you. And also some of the pictures with like, you know, white background. I, I'm not able to get that. So do you have any tips for that with natural light? Let me see. Are you talking about on my Instagram page? Yeah. Okay. Let me let me just pull up my Instagram so I can see what photo. Okay. So the third one, she's sitting in a chair. Yeah. Okay. So behind her is a big window with white sheer curtains. And then I'm standing in front of her. Behind me is a huge white V flat. And 
it's reflecting the light back at her face so that she is lit, so that she's lit up. Now, what you don't see is that the window does not go all the way to the floor. If you kind of zoom in, you can see where the window stops at the top of one of that lowest planter on there. Mm. Now, I have an amazing retoucher who helps me out with the background, and she just kind of blends it a little bit more so that it kind of looks like it's a continual flow there. Um, There really isn't a whole lot that needed to be edited there. But really what it is is that sheer curtain on a window and then a Either, like, I'm using a huge reflector. You could use a strobe, a constant light, whatever, just to make sure you're bouncing that light back to her. Mm-hmm. And and that's really just all it is. And, and Sue shows all of it in her backlight videos on, on the website, too. Okay. I'll go rewatch them again. And, and what lens do you use? For this one, I was using a 50. I have a Sigma Art 50 1.4. Okay. I also use a Canon 85 1.8. Eight. Because yes. so, sometimes when I, I mean, I have a crop sensor. So when I use my 50 or um, a longer lens, I feel like the bounce isn't happening as much when I'm standing mm. in front, you know? Um, yeah. I don't know if that, if the lens would affect, would affect that. Felix, do, it, do you think? Um, yes. It depends on like some lenses with very complex internals. They have more flares. Okay. So you just have to be careful about direct light coming into the lens and the angles, but you'll see it right away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's harder for me to focus, too, when I'm shooting right into the backlight. I have yeah. to really, really be careful because I've missed my focus way too many times that I should be admitting where I'm like, ah. So, so that's something to be really careful about, too. But, I mean, really the point is to make sure you've got enough light going back to your client's face. To, and this, the sun was, like, shining really, really bright. It's actually brighter than I would prefer. There's so many hot spots on this photo, but my client loved it, so... You know, it, that's what's most important. Okay, I'll try this. I'll play with it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Priya. Thank you, Priya. Thank you, Priya. Thank well, you. we pretty much now run out of time. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just wanted to thank you, Felix. I wanted to thank you, Nikki, so much for joining us today. Felix, you know, I've had the great uh, fortune of working with you in person a couple times now. And I'm hoping that as the, the pandemic um um, hopefully starts slowing down, the world starts opening again, that we'll get to work together in person again, hopefully this year. Yes. I think that please. would be wonderful. Uh, so, let's yeah. hope so. Yes, please. Yes. I, f- I feel like, Nikki, we could do one of these like every week and just chat. You know. I know. I feel like we could talk forever. <laughs> Should we just set up a phone call and just do this? Or then? No kidding. Yeah, is, there, um, is there wine involved? It's such a relaxing environment, you know. It, I, I like. The, there's no pressure. Hang on, you haven't been drinking. Oh no! no I'm kidding. Oh, wait. oh I, right now, no. God, yes. yeah. No, I'm kidding. Not yet. <laughs> it's only three. Yeah. Oh man. Love it. Well, um, thank you both again. Thank you everyone who came to listen today, and our we'll um, we'll talk to you more soon. Yeah. Thanks, Ella. Thanks, thank Felix. You, everyone out Ella. there. Thank thanks, you Nikki. So much for listening and yeah we will chat again soon thanks again for listening today and don't forget you can listen to either me or our special guests every friday on clubhouse at 11 a.m pacific thank you so much for listening today to the portrait system podcast if you like what you heard we would really love for you to leave us a five-star review either on itunes or wherever you're listening And I really, really want to encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com. Over there, you can find all of the education you need to become a successful photographer. And there are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, 
marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 12-week startup program that I love. And there are posing downloads, lighting downloads. I mean, truly everything to help make you not only a better photographer, but to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com. It's time for me to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Fujifilm North America. If you haven't experienced portraits and wedding scenes created on the large format GFX system digital camera sensor, you are missing out. Along with up to 102 megapixel resolution, you'll find rich colors and gorgeous in-camera looks. There's also AI-driven subject detection and 8 frames per second bursts inside the compact GFX100 digital camera. Hit the link in this episode's description to view the products. It's time to dream big in your creative process.